say it tonight, I am redeemed. Not you will be someday, but you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. We have been redeemed. <clears throat> well, we're just going to jump right in tonight in our second message theme this month is wealth and wellness. And last Wednesday night was our first message on wellness, on health and healing. And we talked about redemption and understanding what true redemption is, that we have been redeemed. We gave a, we gave a definition of redemption and <clears throat> that definition talks about something that has been paid for, uh, a debt that was owed and, we, and, and it's been paid, so we've already been redeemed. He's already made the payment, amen? You and I are redeemed from sickness and disease, from poverty, from anything and everything that life would throw at us. We've already been redeemed. So <clears throat> tonight, um, we're going to kind of go from there. I want to just uh, go back over a few of the verses of scriptures that we looked at, and then we're going we're gonna to talk mainly out of, out of Mark chapter 4 tonight, <clears throat> because we're going to talk about um, faith, faith for healing, but the title of my message tonight is The Spirit of Faith, having, having a real spirit of faith in God, not just the mechanics of faith, but the real spirit, the heart of faith, and really understanding what faith is and how to believe God. Um, and so I'm going to give you a number of examples tonight that I feel like uh, is very important because, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about a subject and define it and give you all the scriptural reference for it so you have a, you have a, a head knowledge of it. Um, but it's another thing to have it go from your head to your heart and it... And it and really be a partaker of that and, and understand what that really means. And so tonight, um, the title of my message is The Spirit of Faith. Um, our foundation scripture for the theme this month is found in 3 John, and um, actually verse 2, and the little John's in the back. Um, verse 2 says, <clears throat> in this translation, says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. King James says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And we talked about last week, and we've talked about it even the Sundays, that it's vital for you to prosper and to be in health. Your thinking has to change. There's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of thinking that comes from generations that sickness and disease is just something that you have to bear. It's just part of that cross that you have to bear in life. You're going to get sick. Everybody's going to get sick. And, and, and that we are the sick trying to find how to stay well. But the Bible says we're the healed. And we're declaring tonight in our teaching that sickness and disease has no place in our bodies. Okay? You can know it up here. But it's another thing to have the spirit of that revelation. It's got to be something that's in my heart. And, uh, and if it's not in my heart, then too many days and too many 
opportunities pass where I don't see manifestation and then what I'm robbed of is expectation. When we don't see manifestation, it robs us of an expectation that God will do what He said. And we, can't, we have to protect our hearts. We've got to protect our lives from not seeing manifestation in the areas that we're believing for. <clears throat> so we, we, believe, we, we see it's God's will above everything else that we prosper and be in health, but our thinking has to change. Um, Galatians 3 and verse 13 we read last week, For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit. Tonight we're talking about that promise of the Spirit of faith. And the promise of His Spirit was through faith in God. But verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us. Past tense. If He has redeemed us, then we are redeemed. We're delivered. We've been set free. First Peter chapter 1, <clears throat> we looked at last week also. If you didn't hear the message last week, you can listen to it or download it. Go to gatesofthecity.org and go to our podcast and you can listen to the, to the message. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go and, and listen to it and it, it'll bless you. It's good if you listen to what we talked about last week. But in uh, 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, it says knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, or last week I said, or tortillas, from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. I'm not redeemed by natural things, but by the precious blood of Jesus. <clears throat> reason I read this scripture last week is because in talking about health and healing, <clears throat> I told you that... Um, since the first of the year, um, I, I, well, to back up, I've been on a 20-year, my wife and I, we've been on a 20-year journey of learning how to be well. And along that journey, we found a, a lot of different information out there, a lot of different ideas about how to be well. There's used to be 101 ideas, now there's 1,001 and it's growing, you know, about ideas about how to be well eat this thing, exercise this way, do this, you know. <clears throat> but, but what you have from these thousand and one different ideas is then you have these reports that some of the things they tell you to do will cause cancer. Some of the exercises you do will cause cancer. Some of, you know, some of the, some of the things that one group over here tells you to eat will cause sickness and disease in your body or things to happen in your body. And, and so you look out there and you go... <sighs> Well, what do I do? You know, how, how, how do I remain well when one person says this and then someone else says this and someone else and someone else and someone else and someone else? First and foremost, you have to know that you've been redeemed from the curse. And we read Deuteronomy 28. We're not going to look at it. Go back and listen to the message again. But in Deuteronomy 28, he said, even the curses that aren't in the book, you've been redeemed from. So anything and everything, every disease that they had not even manifested by that time in, in, in the history of the world then, even those things that weren't even mentioned and didn't have names, you and I have been redeemed from. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been redeemed. 
You have to know that you've been redeemed before anything else will work. Because, title of my message tonight, you have to operate in the spirit of faith in God. And tonight, what we're talking about is in healing. So you have to operate in the spirit of faith in Jehovah Rapha, the God that has healed you. Not will heal you, but has healed you. So, um, well, one of the verses that we looked at, uh, just as a reminder, we looked at a whole passage here. I just want to look at one of the verses. 1 Timothy um, 4 and verse... 8 says bodily exercise profits a little this is bible but godliness or godlikeness or doing things god's way is profitable for all things so when you understand health and healing from god's perspective the exercise and eating right and gleaning from people's ideas and all that kind of stuff that will work for you you have to be responsible in certain areas of your life i made the point that my wife and I, have been, we've been on a 20-year journey of understanding. It's taken me 20 years to understand some things since the first of the year. And, and probably in the series, I'll share with you just some little basic things that I did. But since the first of the year, I've, I've probably dropped almost 30 pounds. It's about 28, 29 pounds now is, is what I've dropped in my body. But it's not about how much weight you lose. It's about how healthy you are. You understand? I mean, you can drop all kinds of weight because you just don't eat. I mean, there, there's a sugar diet out there that will cause you to drop weight. It's not about dropping weight. It's about being healthy. And you find out about health and healing first and foremost from God because we talked about seeking His kingdom on Sunday, seeking His kingdom first and foremost. And when you do that, His way of doing and, and being right concerning your health, then things will work for you. I, I mean, wisdom and knowledge and revelation will come to you about how to live a healthy life in ways you didn't think you could ever understand. Because for 20 years, I, I, I'm going to share some things in this series with you about what I learned along the way that will help you that you don't have to take, it doesn't have to take 20 years for you. I mean, you know, you increase over 20 years and get revelation and understanding. But listen, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just simple or whatever. But I need to know why. Okay? You can tell me, you know, don't eat that thing right there that is really good. And it really tastes good, you know. But you don't need to be eating it. Yeah, but why? I want to know why. I want to know why I can eat and, and it. Because I, I don't want to be just connected to some fad you understand? I, I want to I I be healthy and remain healthy and have a lifestyle that I continue on because I believe in it. Can you say that? Amen. So what we're talking about tonight is the spirit of faith, really believing about what, what it means to have faith in God where your health and your healing is concerned. First and foremost, if you don't understand that you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you can eat pine cones for the rest of your life and you'll die, you'll choke on a pine cone. Hmm? I mean, you, you can eat things that, that appear to be natural or whatever and, and it, you're not going to remain healthy because you don't understand that health and healing originates from God. Wellness originates from God. That's what we have to embrace and, 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 and receive. So tonight, let's look at Mark chapter 4 and 
The rest of the time tonight, I want to just look at some things here in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Right towards the end of the chapter in starting with verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus and to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. This is the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful place. I've been there a couple of times. And, and they were, I, I, I know exactly where they pushed off at in a boat and where they went to the other side. Um, he said, Let, let's cross over to the other side. And, and, and when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. With him. And a great windstorm arose. Now, some people say that this windstorm that arose was... I mean, a real windstorm. I mean, these are fishermen, and fishermen aren't afraid of the sea. But these guys got afraid. So we're talking like maybe tsunami winds. I don't, I don't know. Tsunami waves. I don't know what was going on, but they got upset. And it says here, notice, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep, on a pillow. He was on he he was he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So <clears throat> Jesus wasn't afraid of the waves. He wasn't afraid of the storm because he was snoozing in the stern. And Everybody else was freaking out because look at, look at their words. Look at what they said. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're going to die? Remember, Jesus is not afraid. They are, for whatever reason, these are fishermen and people that <clears throat> understand the Sea of Galilee and they've been in some probably some storms and those kind of things, but something was going on here. And I mean, they're terrified. You don't care that we're fixing to die. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind. Listen to me. That is not prayer. He rebuked the wind, and that is not prayer. How many know there's a time to pray, and then there's a time to say? Well, but we got to get that inside of us. There's a time to pray, and then there's a time to speak and declare things that we got from prayer that is the will of God in the moment when it needs to be spoken. I'm going to go back and look at this again. Remember, this is not prayer. He arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And you notice in the scripture here, it was not, 
man, guys, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. I don't know what happened. You'd think it would be consoling them because they had gotten so afraid. Now, you remember, if you back up to verse 35, it says on the same day, verse 35 of Mark 4 here, when evening had come, he he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus said this about himself all through Scripture. He said this in about five different places. I only came to the earth to do the will of the one that sent me. I'm not here to do my own will. In his three years of ministry, he spent a lot of time doing two things. Number one, praying. Number two, doing. Doing what the will of the Father was. So, because of what he says in Scripture, I'm going to say this. The will of the Father was for them to get in the boat and go to the other side. Come hell, high water, high wind, tsunami, I don't care what it is, the will of the Father was to go to the other side. When you know the will of the Father about something, and it's not just in your head, but you have the spirit of that in your heart, you know what you do? You rest. You're at peace. You know that you know that you know that you know. You're not afraid of wind. You're not afraid of storms. You're not afraid of cancer. You're not afraid of this thing, that thing. You're not afraid of any of those things. Because you know you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He knew, he knew that it was the will of the Father to go to the other side And so they were going. And he was up a lot of times burning the midnight oil. So I just got to believe he thought, you know what? We got a little distance across the Sea of Galilee. And so I'm just going to take a nap. And, you know, probably lightning and thunder and all that kind of stuff was going on. But it didn't matter because they were going to the other side. It didn't matter what was going to come. They're going to the other side. It doesn't matter what attacks your physical body. I'm the healed in Christ because I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Settle. Settle. That's what has to get settled. That's what we have to have the spirit of on the inside of us, not just the mechanics. There's a difference. There's a difference. This is why you come here on a Wednesday night to learn this. You need to be learning this. I need to be learning this. I need to be, you need to be, we need to be stirred up with this revelation because God created us above everything to be well and to be wealthy as our thinking changes. And your thinking will never change sitting at home watching Fox News. Or it'll change. It'll get worse and worse and worse because of all the reports. Everybody say, God bless Fox News and any other news channel. There's nothing against the news. I'm just saying, the news won't build your spirit. It won't develop a spirit of faith and confidence in God that what God says is so is so. It won't build that. This will. That's why we come here. Can you say amen? This is what he says to him. Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? 
Now, how many, uh, how many question marks are in that verse? Okay, so what does that mean? That means those two statements are questions. <laughs> He's asking them two questions. Why are you so fearful? Why did you come and wake me up when I told you we're going to the other side? Why is it you're so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Everybody say no faith. He didn't say some faith. He said no faith. Some places he said little faith. But here he said, man, there's no faith here. You know why? Because when you're in fear, I mean, how many, how many know, I mean, everybody sitting in here has been in fear in one form or another. How many, how, how many know that fear will make you do some of the stupidest things in life when you're afraid? I mean, stupid, idiotic things that you step back, two weeks later you go, what was I thinking? He's saying to them, in this situation, what if I hadn't been here? You guys would have died. Because remember, there's some fishermen in this boat, and these guys are petrified. And fishermen are not afraid. How many, how many watched the, 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 was it the great catch? The deadliest catch? How many watched the deadliest catch? I mean, you know, I mean, when it gets really bad, I mean, you can see some expression on their face. But when it's just, you know, when it's just normal bad, there's no fear. No, they've been there before. They know. They know exactly what's, what's what. See, Jesus had been in this situation before, not necessarily on the water, but in a situation where God said, do this, obstacles come, he's not giving in. That's what you and I have to come to in our life. Listen. This journey is full of some, I mean, ridiculous potholes and difficulties and tough times and stuff that comes against us. I mean, for you and I to think that the journey to where we're going is not going to be difficult, man, you're in the wrong camp. I mean, this life and the Bible talks about the journeys and the things against us, but our God delivers us from all of them when we have the spirit of faith and confidence that He is who He says He is and He'll do exactly what He said He'll do. That's what Jesus believed in the boat. And He looks at them and He asks them two questions. Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Now, <clears throat> what is it that these questions are doing to them? What's, what are these two questions supposed to do for them? It's supposed to challenge them. And you would think that they might say, oh, Master, I'm sorry. You're right. I don't know what happened here. You know, I mean, I, I, let, the, I let the wind and what I was seeing get to me. I repent right now and I ask you to forgive me. That, that, that's what he's looking for. That's, that's the response that he's looking for but what does it say that their the response is they feared exceedingly how many know you can hear the truth but just because you hear something doesn't mean the fear will leave not only did they fear before but they they i mean they took it to another level right? 
I mean, literally, they, they took it to another level of fearing. And they said, what's the deal? This guy can speak to the wind and the wave and the waters and command them to be still? Who is he? That's the million-dollar question. And that's what we have to have the answer for. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he has delivered us, and he has liberated us, redeemed us, set us free, and we're healed, and we have the right to advance and prosper in any and everything that we do because of what he did. See? So what do we have to do? We have to answer those two questions. In situations where something gets the best of us, you can hear him ask you these questions. Why is it that you're so fearful here? How is it that you're not stepping up and arising in faith and confidence in who I said that you are? Why, why are you not? Well, Lord, I mean, this just got the best of me. I just, I'm telling you, I, I repeat, God already knows. He, he's not asking those questions because he doesn't know the answer, Right? He's asking the question because he does know the answer, but he wants you to be convinced of why you're in that situation. When things attack us and come against our physical bodies, God wants us to know we've been redeemed, but then he wants us to be able to know him and how to get in and on the journey that's going to lead us to a healthy lifestyle, to be healthy. And first and foremost, we have to know we're redeemed. And we have to have faith in the fact that he, if he said I'm well, then I'm well. No matter what I feel like today, no matter what my condition is today, I'm well because he said so. And I'm on the journey of being on the, learning to be on the receiving end of everything I have to do. I don't care if it takes me the next 10 years. I'm staying on the journey till I get it. Amen. Till I get it. Amen. And I'm getting it. I'm getting it because he said I can get it. That's the only reason why we can get we can get this revelation and have this spirit of faith because he said we can. So <clears throat> look at a couple things. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. Look at this verse. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. <clears throat> And since we have, since I have, since I already have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. He's talking about Abraham. We also believe, therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. I have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had that came from God and I have the ability to rise up and believe and speak and get the same results as Abraham got and the same results that Jesus got and the same results that anybody else has ever gotten. I have the ability to get it because I believe. Because I have the same spirit of faith. Now look at this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. So there's a spirit of faith and there's a spirit of fear. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind. What does it take to walk in health and healing and prosperity the way God wants us to? It's for our thinking to change, and he's already given you a sound mind. See, one of the huge problems in the church of Jesus Christ has been that we're waiting for God to do something that God will never do again because he's already done it. What we have to have, Romans 8, you can go back there and read. Actually, reading that whole chapter is a good chapter, especially the first 15 verses. But it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that's on the inside of me. And that spirit is the spirit of faith that Jesus operated in because he said he would leave that spirit to live on the inside of us. He didn't leave some worn out secondhand spirit to come and live on the inside of you. We're talking about the best of heaven and all of heaven's representation is inside of us by the Holy Ghost. And I have to believe that. Same spirit that raised him from the dead, same spirit that is on the inside of me. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear that's out there that's a counterfeit that is real close. Anybody ever seen a counterfeit bill? Some of them are really cheesy, but some of them are really good. And I'm telling you, that spirit of fear has taught people that there's almost a responsibility that is involved in your life to fear. People say it all the time, a little fear is good. Not based on the word. I don't find it anywhere in the word that a little fear is good. Right? Because a little faith isn't good either. It's good to start out with. You know, small doses of faith. But we want our faith to grow and to exercise and be developed so that we can receive all that God wants. But God didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of faith to have a sound and a well-balanced mind, to have a spirit of love, and to have a spirit that overcomes and has expectation in any and everything that you do. God wants you to live with that place of, in, in that place of expectation. Now, <clears throat> um, Oh, Romans 10 and verse 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to me. Faith doesn't come because there's a need. But we've been taught that. That if we go before God and just, you know, just if we cry hard enough, if we beg hard enough or whatever, he's going to feel bad for us and he'll just fix the situation. 
See, it, it, it just doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way based on Scripture. I'm not saying God doesn't have compassion. God loves us with everything. But it's faith that pleases God. And when we're in fear and we, we're afraid of specific things in life, faith just doesn't work. Now, I, I want to spend the rest of my time... Um, talking about examples because examples to me are vital um i think becky when you say that a lot of our upbringing in the faith there was there was a lot that was taught to us about you know the the mechanics of faith you you do this and you confess the word and 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 if you do this well enough then this is going to happen and it's like all of that, all the mechanics of it is good and we need it. We need it invested inside of us. But sometimes there's other things that go on from the time of beginning to confess and believe God for certain things till time of manifestation. There's things that go on that sometimes people have the tendency to kind of leave out. And, and we need some of that. And, and so, just in the next few minutes, I want to give you several examples of the way that I've believed God for things and how important it is to be selective at what you declare to come to pass. Remember, when Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, I mean, if this was a tsunami, they're about to die. Okay? They're about to be taken out. So, if we know who we are and we know the right we have to speak and to, to, to declare the word, which I said is not prayer. Prayer is to consecrate yourself to the will of God, to know what the will of God is. We want to know what it is. But there's sometimes when I've seen people on both sides and in my 40 years of being born again I, I've I, a little bit of that time I was on on this other side but most of the time I've been on the side of I'm going to believe God for everything and uh, one time we were down here at the at the building down here we were, we were having a I don't know some cook-off thing and we were, we were playing volleyball or something down there so you know I got my tennis shoes on and I came out there and you know, I was going to let my early days of playing volleyball come out and, you know, y'all stand back and I'm just going to play the net and uh, nobody's going to get anything on me, you know. And uh, so we're playing volleyball and the uh, ball's down on the ground and it's rolling and I'm walking and I rolled my ankle on top of the ball. Oh man, did it hurt. And, uh, and so I, I get up and I'm walking off and my office was down there at that, at, at that building down there at the time. And so I'm walking off and I can feel it kind of, you know, I can feel the pain in the right side of it. And I'm just thinking, that's ah, all right. So I go in my office and as I'm sitting in my office in my chair, man, I mean, I'm looking down and my ankle, the side of my ankle had swollen up. I mean, really big. I mean, I'm not, not, not going to say it's bigger than it was, but I mean, it was just, you could see the rounded right side of it. And man, the pain. 
And I stood up, and I mean, oh, it was like I couldn't put any weight on it. And I sat back down, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, oh my gosh, this is on a Saturday, I'm going to preach on Sunday, and it's, it's swelling by the moment. And, uh, and, and so, down in here, I heard, the Lord said, you, you haven't said anything. You haven't declared anything over this ankle. What are you going to do about this? It was like that's what God was saying. What, what are you going to do about this ankle? And I'm thinking, okay. I mean, you, you know, you, there's times when you get startled with something that your mind doesn't even think about doing the word. And I, that was one of those type of situations. But inside of me, same spirit of faith that raised Christ from the dead was speaking to me in, in my heart. You see, you need to do something about it. So I began to pray in the spirit, and this is what came to me. You've, some of you have heard this story many, many times. And, uh, but this is what came to me. What would a healed man do? Well, healed man's going to get up and walk. And when I heard that, I got up and, oh, the pain was worse. And my foot was totally swollen. I, I got some ice and put it on my ankle, okay? But I'm just beginning to declare the word, but I'm beginning to declare it based on what God said to me. And what God said to me, do what a healed man would do. Now, I'm not saying I've done that very many times since then because I haven't heard that. But God wants us to be selective based on what He tells us to do in how we address a situation. Long story short, because I don't have the time to go into the whole thing, but long story short, I preached the next day. I, I walked normally. My ankle was totally well, and that was it from one day to the next. And, and how many know when you roll an ankle and those kind of things, they don't just go away in 24 hours? That's not just, well, it's just coincidence. No. It, it's because I did something with what I knew. But I didn't start out that way. You understand? Um, I had a really good close friend that um, we kind of grew up in the faith together. And... Uh, he taught some things to me about faith in God that, that really blessed my life. And he, he went through some, some difficulties and things happened. And, and uh, <clears throat> one day I get a call from him and he tells me that, um, you know, there's, that he's, been, he's been passing blood in his in urine or whatever it was that he was passing blood in. And he said, and, and, and I could hear in his voice, I could hear fear. I could hear it. It was gripping him, okay? Now you remember, if you're in fear, you're not going to be in faith. I, I'm not saying you can't come out of it, okay? But it's, it's this concept. If you're waiting to learn to pray when something bad is happening, then declarations aren't going to work. 
Why? Because you don't believe it. It's not that declarations don't work. It worked with Jesus. It worked what I spoke over my ankle. It didn't happen as quickly as it happened with Jesus, but it happened. I don't care if it takes a day, two days, five days, or whatever. If you're declaring something that you heard from God, it's going to come to pass the same exact way it did with him. He said the works that he did will do because... Uh, and greater works because he's gone to the Father and now we can all do what he did if we'll do it his way. Right? So this friend calls me and he tells me this stuff and, and I, I could hear it in his voice and uh, he said, but I'm standing. But then he said something else after that. But I'm standing. But then he said something else after that. But I'm standing. You know, I mean, and, and I'm talking about for maybe a month or so. I could hear it in his voice. Yeah, but I'm standing. Well, the I'm standing thing sounds spiritual, but that doesn't get rid of the fear. Did you hear me? That doesn't liberate you from fear. And the Bible didn't say that fear wouldn't come at us. And, and the Bible didn't say that there wouldn't be times when fear overtook us in certain situations. If you get a report, you go to a doctor just for a checkup and they give you a report that there's something that's attacked your body and attached itself to your body, and there's nothing you can do about that, and, and they say, there's nothing we can do, you're at this stage, say, of cancer or something, stage four, and there's nothing else we can do, we can put you on chemo or radiation or do whatever, uh, uh, but, uh, but th there's really nothing that we can do. Now... You know, every human being on planet Earth is going to be attacked with fear that I'm dying. Right then. And if a report like that comes to you, what you've done beforehand and how you've prepared your heart beforehand will determine what your next steps are. My friend had insurance and he had a doctor, but it was the time of Obamacare. And Obamacare came in and he, he did all the information and filled out all the paperwork about 10 times. And I mean, literally over and over and over again because it, it didn't work and it wouldn't go through correct. And then it, then it came to the place where because of the Obamacare insurance that he was having, I'm not, I'm not against President Obama, I'm saying that's what was going on. I'm just saying whether you like Obamacare or not, I'm not... I'm not preaching against Obamacare. I'm saying for him, he lost his doctor. He couldn't have his own regular doctor. So another doctor diagnosed him, gave him certain medicines, and halfway into taking the medicines, they realized they had given him a wrong diagnosis. And about two months later, he's dead. Well, you know, it's the doctor's. How many wrong diagnoses have there ever been given? I mean, hundreds, thousands of wrong diagnoses. Somebody just missed something or whatever. But the real kicker and the real killer there was fear. Because it was in his voice and it riddled and ruled his heart. See, the spirit of faith that has to be in our heart is something that has to be developed by learning to be a doer of what we hear. What I'm telling you tonight, you can take some of these examples, you can use them, you can meditate on it, you can go to the Word, the Scriptures that I've given you, and do something with it, or you can keep your thought processes that you've had in the past. Because if you're sitting here tonight, 
and some of the things that I'm talking to you about is foreign, one of the best things you can do is say, you know what, Lord? I don't totally understand what pastor's talking about tonight, but I receive it in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit revealing to me what this really is. I want to know this. I don't want to just have the mechanics of faith and know what the scripture said. I want, to, I want to be able to believe this in my heart. I want to believe it unto wellness and health and wholeness because God created it, you and I, to be well. There's information that's out there that God wants us to glean from, but the information, if it's first and foremost, it only profits a little. But when we get God's information and we know who we are in Christ, then the information that we give about, we get about how to exercise, what, what to put in our body, what to eat, those kind of things, those things will work because our faith is not in the products or the things that we take. Our faith is in God and I'm doing what God tells me to do. I'm telling you, God is the original nutritionist. But thank God for people that have studied it and, and we, we've got some really good people that have helped us along the way in our journey. I want to know what to do and how to do it and do it in a better way. But I tell you where I spend most of my time is in my confessions and me reminding myself that I am the healed in Christ Jesus. And nothing is taking me out prematurely. I declare that over myself every day. You, you understand? And, and a lot of times... People think that they can't say something like that, or if they say something, or if they preach something like I'm preaching tonight, that I'm, that, that I'm preaching against someone that it didn't work for them quite that well. Or, or, and I, I'm not saying things have worked perfectly for me. I, I'm telling you what my declaration is and what God wants your declaration to be, that you're the, you're the well, you're, you're a person that's well, and sickness is trying to take you out, and we're not giving sickness and disease place in our life. We're going to remain to be focused on the fact that we're well in Christ Jesus. We are the healed. Can you say amen? Now, as I end with this, I want you to think about two things. <clears throat> um, John 6.63, look at that. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Listen to me. It's always spirit first and then flesh. It's the Spirit that gives life. If you're looking for life in the flesh, it'll profit you nothing. But the flesh begins to profit when I see the things of the Spirit first and foremost. And then what it does is it catches up with my words, as it says right here in the last part of that verse. For the words I speak, Jesus said, they're spirit and they're life. Because he believed that what he said was going to come to pass when he said it, not when he saw it. And that's the difference with most of mankind. Now, tonight I want to leave you with this, with this thought regarding this passage of Scripture. Um, <clears throat> if, if, 
I, I, I was really challenged about my faith in something that happened to me. Uh, Beck, that thing with my tooth happened, what, about two years ago? Three years ago, maybe? Longer? No. No? Two or three years ago. Some, some, sometime in that time period, I guess. No, no, no. I mean, when that first started. That whole thing when, you, you see, yeah, okay. A couple of years ago. And so, um, I went over to see, to Austin, I have my dentist is in Austin, I went over to my dentist and uh, wanted him to check on something because I woke up one morning and, and oh, my, my, my tooth just hurt. I didn't realize there was anything wrong. And it just really hurt. And all of a sudden, as I get over there, my whole side of my mouth is swollen up like a baseball, literally. I mean, the whole side of my face is swollen up like this. And uh, so I start praying in the spirit about it. And, and th this, is, this is the point I want to make, and I want you to think about this. And, and, and I mentioned this word earlier about being selective in what we do with what we declare. As I begin to pray in the spirit, and, and it was kind of foreign to me because I'm ready to like attack and speak and declare. But listen to me. Every, every time that you speak the word, every time that you are believing for something to come to pass in a certain way and it doesn't come to pass, it hurts your faith. It hurts you. I'm going to say it again. Every time you're believing for something because you heard someone preach a specific thing and you heard it a certain way, you heard an example the way someone else did it, and then you try maybe to copy that or just go through the motions, it hurts your faith. And the longer that you do that without manifestation, it robs you of your expectation. Expecting God to do something. As I was praying in the Spirit, and I called my wife that day, and I said, you know, Dr. Rush gave me a shot to numb that, you know, to get to deal with the pain in it, but he told me that I need to take antibiotic, and to that point, I, I, don't, I think maybe one other time in my life I'd take an antibiotic, is that right? Because um, I just, I just, I don't like, I don't like medicine. Um, but as I was praying in the Spirit, what I was getting was, trust the doctor. Just do what he says in this situation. And so I went to the pharmacy, and as I in the pharmacy, his shot was wearing off, and I was getting some a prescription filled of antibiotic. And so I took that antibiotic, and, you know, it went down and all that, and then they did a, they did a root canal and, and then ended up removing the tooth and all that kind of thing. And, and it's all good. And what my faith was in, <clears throat> I, I, I never stopped speaking over my body, but I wasn't led to declare that my tooth is healed. And there's not too many times in my walk with God that, I, that I've done that. But when I prayed in the Spirit, that's the leading that I got. And there's been some times when I wouldn't do natural things because I felt like I wasn't doing it in faith, but it didn't work. And every time you do that, it hurts your faith. Now, 
I know lots of people that have declared to their teeth and their teeth have been whole. Anybody ever done that or you've heard of someone that prayed over their teeth and they got well? See, it's not about how drastic it is. Well, uh, Pastor didn't pray over that and, and believe God for that because his, his side of his mouth was swollen up. No. Side of my foot was swollen up and it went down in 24 hours. It worked. I have that testimony that it worked. I got testimony of, a, of countless numbers of healings and, and, and getting well in a situation because I spoke the word. But what's important is that we become selective based on what God tells us. So we've got to spend more time develop, developing our ability to hear the voice of God than we do just going through the motions of something, the mechanics of something. What do we need? I need the spirit of faith. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's what needs to be telling me what to do. When I kept, think, when I kept just thinking this thing, just, just, just tr trust Dr. Rocks. Just let him, let him do that. Let, let, him, let him do what he's going to do. D do what he tells you to do. And, and I did, and, and, it, and eventually it was, it was fine. But I had to take some medicine, you know. Then I had, to get, I had to get proactive and take some probiotic after I took the antibiotic to build my system back up. I mean, you know, there's people that tell you how to do things like that, so you do the right things. But I did what I believe God told me to do, and it worked. And, and, and so today, you notice, I don't have, my side of my mouth's not swollen up. Right? I don't have any problems with that tooth today because I did what God said. And that's where we've got to be selective in doing it God's way because we're on a journey to be well. Should declaring and speaking something by faith, should something like that work every single time? It should. It should. But we're not to that place. We're growing. We're increasing. We're continuing to grow. And if we stay focused, not on what the flesh can do for us. See, if, if, if you go to the doctor and you let what the doctor did and it helped make me well with my tooth, if now all I do is depend on the doctor, now, see, I, I did the wrong thing. See, I followed God there, but I got to stop and follow God in the next thing, in the next thing, in the next thing, in the next thing. See, following God is the key. Last week we went over. This week I set my alarm. Tammy's glad. <clears throat> if my decision gets me off hearing God, then I've got to get back on track and say, okay, that was for this situation, but the next situation that I face, I will hear God and I will do what God tells me to do and it will produce the results that God said it would. Can you say amen? You and I have to learn to be selective in this way because, number one, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. God set us free and redeemed us. And the fact that we've been redeemed, we're in a place and a position that sickness and disease does not have a right to overtake us. We are healed. Can you say amen? Just close your eyes for a moment, and I want to pray for each one of you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, I thank you that Jesus is the living word and you sent your word and you healed us and made us whole. Spirit, soul, body, financially, soulishly, and in every way, 
you have made us whole. Tonight, Father, I thank you that your word has gone deep in the hearts of every person. I thank you that the revelation of the spirit of faith, not just the mechanics of faith, but the spirit of faith go deep, deep, deep in every person's heart. I thank you for it. I give you the praise and the glory for it. And I believe that from this day forward, we will walk in greater revelation and understanding that we are the healed and sickness and disease has no place in our bodies. And we give you all the glory and the praise tonight. And everybody said, amen.